Good morning. I am going to continue my quest for what I can to create a slightly more interactive experience, and I have come up with a way. Oh, I'm shaking it like, a, like it's my scepter here. Um, for, I, I will admit, as, a, um, as an extrovert, I'm not always as, I'm not as aware of my introvert brothers and sisters. So I, I hope that today I found a way that you can also participate, even though you might be an introvert, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we just bully you as extroverts, so I'm sorry. I'm going to talk today and give you a tool about buckets. We're going to learn a concept called bucket theology, and I hope it'll be helpful to you. It's been helpful to me. Um, but you may come up with your own sort of analogy or something that works, works better for you. But I, before I get too far, I want to, I'm going to actually sort of demonstrate a little bit and practice, practice. So I've got my first bucket, and I'll explain what we're talking about. That's, that's the Christmas bucket. And you came in, you received a, a three-by-five card and a pen, and here's all I want you to do. Don't think too, heavy, too deep. Don't, it doesn't have to be long. But I want you to answer this question. When I think of Christmas, I think of blank. If you could write that down on that piece of paper, that three by five card, that'd be awesome. When I think of Christmas, I think of, and then you, you write that down. Now, I mean, of course, you can, you can put Jesus, but if you could put, let, let's assume that we will all have said that one, all right? So, other than Jesus, I also think of, when I think of Christmas, I think of blank, all right? Go ahead and write that down real quickly, if you can. All right, now if the ushers can start collecting those, that would be great. Shouldn't take too long to have written it down. So they have little, they even have little buckets. So we're going to do, yeah, there we go. That's good. All right, here we go. Awesome. Just toss it in the bucket. And then bring them to me. Yep. Go ahead and keep, keep, get the bucket here in the middle. There's nobody in the middle yet, I don't think. Oh, I got you. That one's full of other things. So yeah, dump that out. There we go. Yeah, this is, this, there's a steeper learning curve than I was anticipating. <laughs> I, I'm not a details kind of person, and perhaps you've noticed. I, I don't think through everything. I get ideas, and my wife implements them. That's how it works for us. Now, as we're, as we're collecting, perhaps this goes without saying, but I, I will say it anyhow. Uh, I'm almost positive nobody got a wrong answer. All right? Nobody got a wrong answer. And some answers will be duplicated, but for the most part, we're going to get a little bit of a, a, a breadth of ideas of what people think. You know, bring me the buckets. Yep, you don't get to hold those. Those are for me. All right, so bring me the buckets, whatever you got there, that'll be plenty. We're not going to be able to read them all, so. Um, yeah, and I'll take out, yeah, if you can take out the ones, you should have said that. Take out the blanks. We should have done that first. All right, here we go. So I'm going to take these. Yep, any blanks in there, do you know? 
Great. All right. Oh, this will be great. Okay. So. Yep, and those have to go back because you're going to need them again. All right, so here's my Christmas bucket. Here's the idea, and it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to flesh out, hopefully, Lord willing, over time. Sometimes the conflict that we experience in relationship with each other, or even as we're perhaps reading the scriptures, is we forget to distinguish the difference between a bucket and something that goes in the bucket. A bucket versus what goes in the bucket. I think the Bible is has quite a few of what I would call bucket words. Words that hold a lot of ideas and perspectives and thoughts. And what goes in the bucket becomes, you know, to mix my metaphors, uh, the ingredients. For instance, if you, if you think about a sort of a, think about a, maybe a, a potluck. So it's sort of theological potluck that at a potluck, it, there is people who bring, you know, the chicken and rice casserole. There's also people who bring the, the green jello. And sometimes what we think is the most important that feeds the most people, often, and it's true, I think preaching can do that, Bible teachers do that, but sometimes like at the potluck, I'm looking for the pickled beets because I love pickled beets and I don't get them all the time and it seems insignificant compared to the chicken and rice casserole, but it makes the potluck special for me. Each of us have come today, today, to not only listen, but in some way to participate. So as an example, I'll pull just some cards out. And I'm sorry I don't have time to read them all because they would all be helpful. But if I were to ask you, what does Christmas mean? The losses I've been empowered that seem to be um, highlighted during this, highlighted during the season. Family, <laughs> stress, family, loss. I'm gonna put that one over here just for one second. Family, family, I think you guys all sat together. <laughs> what did you put? Okay, that'll work. Um, <laughs> Never feeling at home in the world. Family? That's really interesting. When I think of um, Christmas, I think of Jesus and family. Wow, that's really become popular. When I think of Christmas, I think of holidays and fun and family and gifts. Family time. The mystery of the incarnation. God is with us. Christ and my children. Exhaustion. <laughs> well, you get the idea. I, I started with an easy one because I, I, I wanted to sort of slide into this idea. I don't think anybody would say to somebody else when you were answering the question, when you think of Christmas, what do you think of? I don't think somebody would go, well, that's not right. It's not that. It's this. That's the idea of what we're going to talk about, this idea of bucket theology. So I've picked for us, as a way for us to practice, a, a Christmas passage. It's Advent, and so of course I did that, and I've, I've chosen that very popular, I'm sure you, you will think of it right away. When you think of Christmas, you'll think of this, this passage. It's found in 1 Timothy. 
if you're new to church or the Bible or something like that, I can rest ass- be fairly confident that you've never heard a Christmas sermon out of 1 Timothy. But let me read you what we're going to talk about. And I bet you can pick out the, what Christmas means to me out of this passage. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And here is the Christmas verse that I landed on. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom, Paul writes, I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever. Bucket theology is this idea that there are certain words that only my ideas about and only my thoughts about will be incomplete. My thoughts, my ideas, and my experiences with those words are important, but they're not sufficient. In, in, just in this passage, and we won't practice all of them, but in this passage, I, I just noticed quite a few what I call these bucket words, these big words that require sort of the input of my brothers and sisters. Uh, truth, love, mercy, grace, faith, love, save, sinner, believe. All could be defined as I'm saying them as a bucket word. Now, how do you know that you're dealing, if you're in a conversation with somebody, and you're dealing maybe with a, what I would call a bucket word? Here's how you'll know. And so it's going to be these code words because it becomes sometimes for folks a little uncomfortable, this idea, that there can be more than one right answer. Here's how you'll know. They're code words. If, if you're saying, you know, to me, it means blank, and they say, well, you know, the real definition, or actually, in the Greek, well, you know, the true purpose, or, well, but the highest form. Now, all of those are, in fact, probably true. I think it's very helpful to have Greek, but I don't think Greek alone is sufficient. And I think when, when, when our response is a singular word to a bucket, we've lost the idea of what it means to live in community. What it means to be part of a theological potluck. What it means to contribute to the bucket. I would go as far as to say this, that without your contribution, 
I can't fully know what God intends for me. I can't fully know the depth of the meaning of some of these bucket words without you. I can learn a lot by myself and I can read, but I need you. And you need me. In this passage, as I said, I have noticed some bucket words, and so I want, to, I want us to practice and draw a couple out. Paul says this. What drew me to this passage as I was thinking through, preparing a message for Advent, what is the meaning of Christmas? And is isn't the only answer, but Paul says this. Christ Jesus came in the world to save sinners. So here's what I'd like for you to do on one of your three by five cards. I'd like for you to answer this question. What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be saved? If you just take a moment, you don't have to think too hard, but how does that strike you? What do you think of? What does it mean to be saved? And as you're done, one of the ushers will come and collect your answer. Oh, you need cards? Yep. I've got some right up here. That'll be great. And here's a pen. There's one extra pen. Thanks, Jim, for pointing that out. I'm sorry. that so, I, I didn't even think about some folks not having it. Yeah, what does it mean to be saved? Hey, it's up on the screen, too. Yep. What does it mean to be saved? If you're done writing, let me ask you a question. How many of you remember, I don't know if this was in your past, but if you're sort of my generation, you'll remember a little pamphlet. We called them tracks. Remember tracks? And it was written by Bill Bright, and in it there was a picture. Do you remember the picture of the bridge? And there was a cliff on one side, and there was a you were on that side, and then there was this canyon, and there was God on the other side. And, and then Jesus became this bridge from you to God. I, I, I was with a group of folks, and trying, we were, I was trying to experience, I was trying to practice bucket theology, that there, there is perhaps more depth to our ideas. So I said, I'm actually okay with the, I, I don't think it's the best, I don't think it's the only, but it, it has a little contribution to me, this picture of the canyon, this gulf between me and God. It speaks even to me existentially, kind of, of what I've experienced. And I can't tell you, this was a group that was a little bit hostile to some sort of the more traditional evangelical thoughts. And all I kept hearing was, no, no, that's not, that's wrong. Here's a way, another way to think about bucket theology is instead of no but, Perhaps yes and. 
Yes, and. What does it mean to be saved? It means peace. Saved, rescued from my dark nature, accepting God's view of you. To know that I'm loved by God. To receive aware, to receive the undeserved favor of God, to believe that I am loved, life and freedom. It, it means to be forgiven, accepted, loved, even though I don't deserve it. Forgiven and accepted, brought to wholeness. Shalom, I think, is a way to say that. To not have as much pain. What does it mean to be saved? It means to be home. It means to be free from guilt. It means I can, I can stop striving. It means to change and be delivered from sinful ways. It means to be faithful in God and to believe. It means that you are saved from death and you have everlasting life to know that I am loved by God, accepting God's view of you, saved from my dark nature, peace. Jesus did what I could not and we could keep reading them all, and they're all true, and do you, do you, do you, do you get the sense of, of the flavor of being saved is different than if I just gave you a, a word definition? That your contribution has expanded my bucket, it's made my idea, what does it mean to be saved better? Because you contributed, and I wanted your contribution. There's lots of bucket words in the Bible. Let me, one little caveat, and this is a difficult area. It, it doesn't, it, I'm not um, ignorant of the fact that the book of 1 Timothy has as part of its motivation that the Apostle Paul was writing to his young protege, Timothy, to stay in Ephesus because there were some people in Ephesus who were teaching some bad things in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that every idea is necessarily right. It's possible that we could, in fact, have some very dangerous ideas. This, it'll have to be for another sermon, we'll flesh that out, but let me just say this, but how would you know that what you believe and think is dangerous? unless your brothers and sisters could come around you and help you. I've had things in my life, I've had things that I quote believed that were dangerous and harmful. And it was not because I sat alone and I discovered it, it was because a brother or sister came to me and spoke truth to me. Now I'm, I, I'm talking in terms of, you'll just have to be careful. But, back to our bucket theology. One of, the, one of the bucket words that perhaps you didn't know, people don't realize is a bucket word, is the word prayer. See, you may be very comfortable thinking that you know exactly, like I would say, what is prayer? And you may be able to answer with certainty, prayer is blank. You're probably right. But your answer may not be what your neighbor's answer is, and they could be right too, and that's weird. For example, 
Just reading on a little, a little past that. Paul, in chapter 2 of this letter, he says, I urge then, first of all, and now he's talking about a bucket of prayer, that peti petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. But we can even add to that list. That, that's not hurting Scripture at all. Have, have you ever, um, have you known somebody who has experienced healing prayer? And they get very excited about healing prayer. But sometimes they think then that's the only prayer. Or centering prayer. Or intercessory prayer. I, I'm, I would say that my bucket of what prayer is has expanded over time. But it, I had the greatest leap when I heard somebody pray an expletive prayer, and I had never heard that. This friend of mine was in a very, very dark place. In fact, it had to do with her child. She had fled an abusive relationship. Some of that abuse was directed towards her and towards her child. And we were in this time of prayer, and she was, I don't know if you've experienced this, she was completely in the presence of God, like she was speaking as if he really were her father, and he was right there. And she said a cuss word as she was praying. Not because she was looking to shock God or any, like she didn't know, you, she wasn't aware that we were even there listening. Now, I'm, not in, I'm not saying you have to curse, but what I'm saying is it was one of the most honest expressions of pain I had ever heard. My bucket for what it means to pray expanded that day. All right. Part one of participating in a bucket theology is the sharing of ideas. I think that's what I just practiced with you. I think to be saved means. And that, I'm not saying that doesn't require courage. It's, it's hard to, to sort of own a thought. It, it's difficult to put it out there. But that's only part one of how we can experience bucket theology in the community. Because part two is about experience. Paul, in this short little few paragraphs, talks about the grace of God. But he shares with us some insight as to why and what has happened for him to know and experience the grace of God. The grace of God for him is not only a theologically good idea, but it is an experience this is how he would say it. I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. Against the backdrop of that, he has experienced the grace of God. I think that theology, that, that right ideas are important but insufficient without the telling of our stories 
in the experience of theology. All theology, all ideas about God and truth have a real-world experience. So I'm going to ask you another question, and this one's a little more difficult. Because of grace, I am free from the shame of blank. Can we participate together and help each other experience and learn this important word called grace? Because of grace, I am free from the shame of blank. I'll give you just a moment. As you're filling that out, I had made a, I grabbed a couple from the very first question I asked where I said, you know, when you think of Christmas, what do you think of? A couple very brave people shared, I'll, I'll share this one. Never feeling at home. Um, the reason I pulled that out is because one of the things that makes this this kind of exercise difficult, is we intuit that there are right experiences and wrong experiences. And as difficult as it is to share good experiences, it's astronomically more difficult to share what we perceive to be, quote, a wrong experience. I bring that up because in this Christmas season, many of us experience unbelievable joy and family, and it's, it's just marvelous. But for some of you in this room, when I ask, what do you think of when you hear the word Christmas? You feel more loneliness than you usually feel. You feel more isolated. You feel unbelievable pain at the memories and the loss of what could have been. So I say that in community, we rejoice with those who rejoice and we weep with those who weep. The part of being in community is to at least remember, oh yeah, not everybody's having the same experience I'm having. Christmas can be really painful for some folks. And it's important that we hear from you, as difficult as it is, because we won't know. We didn't know how much richer and deeper the meaning of Christmas could be. Let me read for you. As we seek to together both experience and understand what is grace? Because of grace, I am free from the shame of sexual abuse. Failure 
thinking I'm superior. Because of grace, I've been saved from that. Because of grace, I'm free from the shame of my past. Abuse, addiction, infidelity. All the things I did. Hmm, Bad mothering and adultery. Somebody drew a very, a really nice picture of like, oh, I, I guess we're supposed to keep this anonymous. I'm sorry, that was, <laughs> From the shame of what I think I thought was me and the pain I caused others. My thoughts and sins, my failure as a father and immorality. Because of, addiction, because, of, because of grace, I'm free from the shame of my addiction. I'm free from the shame of never checking all the boxes. I'm free from the shame of failure. I want to read a few more if that's okay. I'm free from the shame of not believing God's love for me. I'm free from the shame of rejection. I'm free from the shame of my selfishness. Because of grace, I'm free from the shame of pornography. Because of grace, I'm free from the shame of pornography. Because of grace, I'm free from the shame of rage. Because of grace, I am free from the shame of being weak and broken and deaf. I'm free from the shame of feeling about myself which are not in reality. From my pride and ego, and the list could go on. You, you, I, feel so, I, I really feel a passion about this. this and now, now, let me say, let me say that one of the most contentious bucket words in the scripture can be the word church. What is church? Somebody might church is blank. Church is, is about preaching. It, it, church is about worship. Church is about connection. Church is about, and then you can fill in the blanks. And it's one of those words that people will get pretty feisty about. And I think yes, and. Yes, and. I feel passion because I believe our understanding of the bucket words, the big words, the important words of the Bible are impossible without your participation. So that's, that's, I got to get that off my chest. It's been, I've been thinking about this a long time. How can I, and this is, I love this stuff. I, I wanted to ask you a question. Now this, I'm not gonna, you don't have to write this down. So now you can, now we've kind of practiced and we feel a little safer. Well, I, maybe as I was talking, I wonder if you thought of a bucket word that I hadn't thought of. What are some, for you, what are some bucket words that you would like to get some input on and to sort of flesh out? Sin. What is sin? Excellent. Worship. Worship. Yeah. Forgiveness. Truth. 
I love it. Sometimes a bucket word can be two words. Good marriage. What is that? Joyful life. What is that? We need each other. So in this season of of Christmas, of Jesus coming to save sinners, I pray that your bucket would be filled with the input and love from your brothers and sisters. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for the courage and the bravery of the cards I read and the cards I didn't read. That for I, I, my hunch, Father, is that for some people, maybe this was the first time they, they wrote down that, that thing that they've kept trapped inside. I pray that you protect them from the whispers of the enemy who will, who will make them regret their courage. Oh God, I pray that you surround them with the affirmation that comes from their brothers and sisters who love them and accept them. Oh Father, thank you for the grace we experienced in this room as we shared who we were, but I didn't feel any condemnation. I didn't sense that anyone was shocked Thank you for the embrace. Father, as we, as we learn to experience you, I pray that you keep us humble and open to what our friends can contribute. I pray for my friends at the sanctuary. I pray for the sanctuary, that you sustain them and that they would continue to both receive and give of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is a, um, of course, a practice in, in the church that is perhaps the, the epitome of the bucket. In that, in some ways, maybe all of them are, but in this one I experience it often, is sort of the, almost the, the endless bucket. I've, I don't know, have you ever wondered, how many times have you experienced communion? Like, be interesting, like to try to count it up. Like for some of us, not some of you, you may be brand new at it, and that's awesome, but for some of us, man, it's got to be in the thousands maybe. I don't know. And often I have a new experience, a different way to, to somehow know that this is God's story for me. So we practice this each week, and it isn't redundant, and it's never quite the same even though we do exactly the same thing every week. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Well, I guess that would be, this would be, <laughs> I don't want, I've already mixed enough metaphors. Let's just not do the Lord's Supper, all right? So this is my body which is broken for you. Oh, wouldn't it be fun? One of these days, maybe we'll sit around and talk when you hear that his body was broken for you. What does that mean for you? For you. Maybe that's different than what it means for me. And this is the blood of the new covenant that was shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank you. Thank you. I was just checking who's judgmental. 
no, that's, I shouldn't, thank you. I need, I need your help. As you know, I'm always, I'm always at a loss. So this one is the wine. This would be the juice. Do you see how we need each other, people? Like, nobody can do this. The pressure, do you know what pressure there is to get juice in the juice cup and wine in the wine cup? I can't tell you how much pressure there is. So thank you for your help. So this is juice. Isn't this fun? I love this. And here's Jesus with a buzz. So this is the wine which was poured out for you. There's also a gluten-free and a juice option here to my right. And as Jesus did that night, let me just do this very quickly. Thank you, Father. Thank you. If you want to pray with somebody, there's somebody who would love to do that with you on either end. And at the end of the passage I read, thinking about the, the grace of God that has saved us, Paul writes, Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.